Hello and welcome to Horror Culture Show, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Oh, and I'm proud to be introducing this episode. <laughs> so. It's not Pride Month. Well, I mean, there's one sequence in this film that should be part of Pride Month. Only one. Um, because we have a gay icon in it. Um, yeah, so we're reaching 300 now. We've discussed a lot of films <laughs> over the years. I can feel like I'm reaching 300. We're old worn and grumpy old man um <laughs> without the old um and then we've discussed a lot of trash right yeah yeah, yeah. the hell of a load this year do you know what for christmas we've treated ourselves yeah yeah up until when we discussed best christmas ever but yes yeah. still to come um but literally last year we discussed some fucking bottom of the barrel trash like some of the worst things i've ever seen in my life this year we started off at Christmas Eve, and today we are talking about a bad film, admittedly, but a fun bad film. Mm-hmm. We are talking about Don't Open Till Christmas, released in 1984. Um, yeah, I, I would agree, actually. Yesterday, yesterday, <laughs> last year, was... Uh, feels just like yesterday. It feels just like yesterday. Uh, last year was pretty fucking dire, the yeah. Christmas film. Like, really bottom of the barrel. It's on par shite. with uh, shitty superheroes, man. Yeah, really bad. Um, but I think we've chosen a few quite fun films this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, like you said, don't open till Christmas. No exception. Yeah. Really fun horror Christmas slasher. Yeah. Yeah. British. Possibly the most British slasher film ever made. Yes. Um, product of its time. Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, let's make no qualms about it. This is low-budget British as yeah. well. I mean, 1984, it looks like 1974. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know whether it's a product of its time for a bad reason or good reason, because, I mean, I'm referring to a certain scene later on, that actually just says a lot about what the police were like in the that's, UK that's true. in the eighties. That is, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, like you said, the production design and everything. But I think that adds so much charm to this film. It's a real shitty-looking, grimy, sleazy little film, um, and it's really charming because of that. Uh, and with age comes camp as well, thankfully. Yes. Yeah. You can forgive a few things that's almost forty years old. Yeah. Um, and also, there's some kind of good representation, weirdly to say it, in another sense. Yeah. Uh, deliberate, I'm not sure, but we'll yeah. get to that when we get there. Yeah. Uh, directed by Edmund Perdom. Perdom. Thank you. Ed. We are in 2023. <laughs> good. And we are homosexuals. Good on you. Um, Thanks, Kylie. This is the only film he directed. Um... Yeah. yeah, and I've got in my notes. See, hey, I know you for more details. <laughs> um, the film took almost two years to complete after original director Perdom Perdom quit the job, and Derek Ford took over, but was fired after two days. The distributors then hired Ray South or Southie, South with an E on the end, uh, to complete the direction, and Alan Birkenshaw to rewrite parts of the script including the original ending and the London Dungeon sequence. And much of the footage was completely refilmed. Um, 
personally, I don't think anyone knows how many directors this film has. No. <laughs> Tone is, is consistent, though, surprisingly. The word I would use is random. Yeah. Everything feels random. There's one scene in particular. Yes. The best scene in the film. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it, it feels like... And it's a pretty short film. It, it's a svelte 86 minutes. Yes. And so much of what goes on is kind of not really pushing the plot. No. And no. so it all feels kind of disjointed. But in a fun way, and I, I feel like we're going to keep saying this throughout the episode. So get used to it. But in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> it's offensive, but in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's cheap, but in a fun way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's written, of course, as I said, by Derek Ford, who did The Casting Couch, The Urge to Kill, The Members Only, Riding High, What's Up Superdoc, What's Up Nurse, The Sexplorer, Keep It Up Jack, Suburban Wives, The House That Vanished, and more. Yeah, um, quite famous film, Primitive London, he wrote, so very... Um, British B movie. Some a lot of British of sex films. comedies in there as well. Yeah, British sex Which comedies. Which makes sense with this film. It's it's yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's got a very similar sensibility to a lot of those sex comedies from like the 70s. It it's weird because we look at American cinema in terms of A movies and B movies. Yeah. But we never really look at UK films in that same way. The idea is that, you know, like in the 80s, you would be having Merchant Ivory films, which would be British A-list films. Yeah. You know, this is the decade of Chariots of Fire and yeah. Gandhi, and which are British productions and, you know, with very British sensibilities. Mm -hmm. But we never look at the B-movie side of no. British cinema, which... In the 70s was a lot of sex comedies and yeah. pornography as well. And you, you get into your Thatcherite years as well. And it, it's something like this, you yeah. know, a very low budget, um, sleazy slasher film, you know, and very much affected by the American cinema, yeah. you know, very much a response to what was popular in America and um, it, it's our issue is that of these kind of films, they've all been pretty bad. British B movies. Yes. So we're talking, yeah. you know, um, what was it called? Come and play with me and all that business. Mm. Those B movie sex comedies. Yeah. Um, confessions of and adventures mm -hmm. of. Um, it wasn't pretty bottom of the barrel. Yeah, crap. This this feels like something in between those. Yeah, and carry on. Yeah, so it's like carry on slashing, if you will. Yeah, so those sex comedies took the carry on formula and made it sleazier. Yeah, you know, so for it's that same comedy. It's like, oh, how's your daughter? Oh, oh. it's a boob. Oh, it's a breath. You know, it's like, oh. <laughs> She's got a top off again in this extraordinary circumstance. Oh, she's flashing the neighbours. I'm going to get my willy out. Yeah. 
But shit like that, which which has its audience, yeah. and it's not us, unfortunately. It's not. This is probably the best of those films, and it's not even officially yeah, one of them. Because films. it's horror, <laughs> or because of the horror elements. Yes. Yeah. Well, the... and because of someone who makes an appearance. Yeah, of course. Uh, also written by Alan Birkinshaw, who did The Man Who Couldn't Get Enough, Killer's Moon, and Invaders of the Lost Gold. Don't know how much it was made for. Not a lot, I'm guessing. Uh, don't know how much it made. Not a lot, I'm guessing. Yeah, surprisingly, not a video nasty. Very, very surprisingly, not a video nasty. I'm assuming because it wasn't big enough. But those are the ones that were targeted. Most well known, but I, it's like you look at something like yeah. Devil Hunter. Like, who the fuck's heard of Devil Hunter? And it's... like the Nazi ones and so on. And I mean, within the title, like "Don't Open Till Christmas" and that poster, I suppose easy target. In comparison to something like Devil Hunter, this is mild, in many ways. Yes, but not when it comes to the kills. The scene with the razor blade running across a naked woman's chest yeah, should have been that the one. Was, that is video nasty territory. That is there. that that just goes to prove that they actually didn't watch all of these films. Yeah, because if they had watched this one, it absolutely would have been on there. But then we're gonna speak about Edmund Purdom Purdom mm. in a minute in Hey I Know You. Well, let's talk about him now. Yeah, and section uh, <laughs> we like to call Hey I Know You. Who's first, Gary? Uh, Edmund Padam. Padam. <laughs> um, as so Chief I, Inspector Harris. As Chief Inspector Harris. So he was in <laughs> Julius Caesar, the yeah, Joseph L. Mankiewicz film. He was in The Diary of Anne Frank. Oh, you're being so kind to him. Uh, no, but I think <laughs> this may be... He was in The Egyptian. He was in Titanic. <laughs> The legend goes on. No, not the legend goes on. Yes, he was. Oh, was he really? (laughs) Oh, I'm talking about uh, the Barbara Stanwyck Titanic. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. I've gone from a completely different angle to what you've gone from. But what what I'm saying is that maybe him being um, maybe a little more known Mm -hmm. as a star of some British cinema, maybe that's what got him through the censors, the... Video nasties, all that yeah. business. Maybe he knew someone. Probably why they kept his name as director. Yeah, because you find that the more, you know, well known of the video nasty films yeah. are American. You know, stuff like Evil Dead. Mm. But still, like low budget. Like they didn't know anyone. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not. Whereas there were big, something like Scarface, which is one of the most violent films. Yeah. It's nowhere near video nasty territory. No. You know? Um, yeah, so I have his filmography as Titanic The Legend Goes On, mm-hmm. Pieces, Herod the Great, The Prodigal, uh, The Egyptian, Absurd, Beyond the Door, Deep Thoughts, and more. Uh yeah. Yeah, let's let's be let's be clear here. Uh, but I don't think he had the most successful career up until this point. <laughs> I think he moved into B-movie yeah. territory. It wasn't all the Diary of Anne Frank Oscar-winning films. <laughs> but it started that way. Yeah, We have Alan Lake as Giles Harrison, who was in Doctor Who, The Playbirds, The Amorous Milkman, Slade in Flame, The Swordsman, Ooh. Angels, Swedish Wildcats, The Mind of Mr. Soames, and more. Wow. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone who has a little more impressive of a career is uh, Belinda Maine Ooh. as Kate Browski, who was in our first ever podcast film, Alien 2 on Earth. Oh, wow. Bringing yeah. some class to Alien 2. Krull. Krull, okay. Goliath awaits La Cita. Uh, Wonder Woman 84, unfortunately. Randomly. The Tigress, Claudia, To Be The Best, White Fire, and more. Um, yeah, she was in Fatal Beauty, the um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg film, directed yeah. by Tom Holland. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, Julie Cooper's Riders, which has a lovely poster that I'm going to show Gary right now. Oh, lovely. So it's of a uh, horse rider with a man's... Hand on her right buttock. So that's nice. Well, you assume it's a lady. Um, Could be a twink. Th- that's true. But it, it's Jilly Cooper. So I make assumptions. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of Jilly Cooper's... Um, ass. Not her ass, no. <laughs> her books. It's based on books. Jerry Sundquist plays Cliff Boyd. And he was in Golden Hill, The Last Days of Pompeii. Soldier and Me, The Malins, Blind Date, not Stella's Blind Date. Oh no. The shit Kirsty Alley film, Blind Date. The Bill. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the 1982 TV movie. Oh, lovely. Meetings with Remarkable Men. Hey. And more. Your uh, dating history. He he almost gets accused of a meeting with a Remarkable Man in this film. He does, enough. yes. <laughs> Mark Jones uh, plays Detective Sergeant Powell. He was in The Empire Strikes Back. As? He was in The Empire Strikes Back, so we need to know. Oh, okay. And Milkwood. Was he random stormtrooper who turns up at Comic-Cons? I don't think he was even that much. But, uh, oh, I see. And the Milkwood, Doctor Who. Ooh. MASH. Nice. Casualty. Red Dwarf. Wow. Bear Island. Ooh. The Medusa Touch. And more. Secrets of a Super Stud. Saying. Sounds like my kind of thing. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, playing herself because she's just that iconic. It's Caroline Monroe, <gasps> star of the legend who was in the, the Spy Who Loved Me, Maniac, Slaughter High, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, Star Crash, The Abominable Doctor Fibes, The Last Horror Film, and more. Um, yeah. B-movie queen. Absolute legend. Really high on our would-like-to-meet priority uh-huh. list. Just to tell her about how much we love this scene in this film. One of the true beauties of cinema. Yeah. Um, yeah. 10 out of 10. Let's, let's talk about a feature presentation. Until Christmas. What possible reason could I have for going around killing Santas? Oh, none. Let me know. So, Santa, did you bring me any presents? I'm... I'm not the real one. <laughs> Starring Edmund Purdom, who knows there are only three more killing days till Christmas. <laughs> Don't open till Christmas. If you do, you may not see in the new year.
man in a Santa suit and a woman meet in an alleyway to have sex in a car. And someone approaches them with heavy breathing. Oh. And the guy in the car is like, get away, go on, clear off. <laughs> well, she turns up, she, sorry I'm late, darling. <laughs> and it's, she sounds quite posh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm shocked that she would uh, <laughs> liaise within a car. Yeah. I, I feel like she would have like a hotel room at least. Mm-hmm. Or demand a hotel room. She yeah. sounds very posh. But no, they get on Ford Mondeo probably. Yeah. Getting on in the back off. Or is it the front? The front. Oh, it's the front. No, I, yeah. well, hang on. That's weird, actually, because... Is it the front or back? Oh, no. So they start off in the back, but then when the mysterious figure opens the car door, they get to the front because then he comes out to have a go. He's like, oi, fuck off, mate. <laughs> fuck off. And uh, he's stabbed. He is. And uh, by a man wearing a grinning transluctant transluxent mask. Translucent. Translucent. <laughs> got it there. Got it there eventually. And... Um, yeah, and then he goes after the woman, goes down an alleyway after her and kills her too. And then we get the opening credits featuring a gradually burning Santa and a sinister version oh. of Jingle Bells. That entire opening sequence didn't have a second of originality in it. No. <laughs> Apart from the British accent. Yeah. I, I, I don't care what anyone says. A proper British accent in yeah. a slasher film will always be funny. It, it will be. It always. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not intended to be, but it's always... Clear off you. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And we do tend to think of slasher films as a very American subgenre. Yeah. But there were a few British slasher films. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Slaughter High with Caroline Monroe. Yeah. But what's funny about Slaughter High is that it's British, but it, it to be actively made itself appear as an American <laughs> film, uh, which I find quite funny. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting to... I, I feel like British horror is kind of synonymous with Hammer, mm-hmm. and that's how people see British horror. And it's fun to see these little... Slasher yeah. films. Yeah, they, they exist. Yeah. They, they do. I mean, they're not breaking any new ground. It's certainly not. not. This is this is British Halloween. Yeah, yeah. If anyone said, recommend a British horror film to me, it wouldn't be Don't Open Till Christmas or Slaughter High. It, it would not. <laughs> it would be honest. Um, but yeah, no, this is definitely going for British Halloween. Um, even with a lot of the plot points and everything, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, during a party with some amazing dancing going on to a generic instrumental disco song, another man dressed like Santa Claus is getting ready to do his show whilst his daughter, Kate Brioski, tries giving her some fashion tips. What does he say to her? He's, well, she's trying to put makeup on him. Yes. And he says, I should look like a gay old queen. <laughs> and who'd want to look like a gay old queen? Well, um, her boyfriend, uh, Cliff, Cliff Boyd, Walks in, and uh, the guy's like, oh, "What do I look like?" And he's like, "You look like a gay old queen." <laughs> he Why gay there. old queen? Why not just a gay queen? Well, I mean, he is her dad, isn't he? It's getting on a bit. He refers to himself. I know. Self-aware. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he goes out onto stage, and shortly after starting his act, he has a spear thrown through his head and dies in front of his daughter. So. And everyone else. And everyone all, else. All the, the fancy yeah. dress clad revelers. Yeah. So this killer is against homophobia, clearly. 
maybe. <laughs> we know whose side we're on. So who the fuck are you calling a gay old queen? <laughs> um, but it's it's really great how it's just so out of nowhere that you really don't expect this to happen. It's a very random start. Yeah. It, it's yeah. I don't know how to describe it because the the rest of the film is like this. Yeah. So it feels random, but it, it kind of sets the tone pretty well. Yeah, yeah. These it's, random killings. Yeah, the killer has no order for what she's going in with these killings. It's just random people dressed like Santa. Yeah, yeah. So we cut to um, at New Scotland Yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chief Inspector Ian Harris and Detective Sergeant Powell discuss the murders and interview Kate and her boyfriend Cliff. And... Uh, they're discussing Cliff before he gets there. And one of them says, Cliff boy, cheeky young bugger. <laughs> this is where it's a little confusing, though, because the police initially suspect Kate may have been part of the murder as her father was very rich. Yeah. But that's never brought up again. No. So for the rest of the film, we actually see that they're quite poor. Well, so yeah, this is where the different writers come into it. Yeah, because that part of it's completely lost. Mm-hmm. Now, Cliff is a suspect for a lot of the film, but Kate is never mentioned as a suspect again. No, or not being part. Obviously, she was at the party, but being part of it in a way to get money off her dad. Because for the rest of the film, they're seen as skint. Yeah, and like busking for change. <laughs> so that's confusing. So, <laughs> when they're questioning Kate, did you not think Inspector Harris was sitting rather uncomfortably close to her he was. on the sofa? <laughs> as he declares that her father was killed because of the Santa costume. <laughs> Which is true. But he comes to that conclusion really early on in the film. He does. And also, the guy who dies at the start of the film wasn't even wearing a Santa costume. No. <laughs> no. So- he probably should give it a while before making his assumptions. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to think that at this point. I mean, he's right. But... Was the woman wearing one at the beginning? No. Neither of them were wearing oh, a Santa costume. <laughs> were they not? No. No, I swear to you. Neither of them were wearing a Santa this costume. It's the Mandela effect. And I've only just remembered this right now. Yeah. This exact moment. I haven't even got it in my notes. I feel like I just assumed they were. Because yeah. I knew the plot of the film. <laughs> yeah. No, hang on. Why does that happen? Like, the... <laughs> Why are they randomly killed if they're not wearing Santa suits? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Okay, we're going to be really unprofessional here. I'm going to pull up the scene. <laughs> Well, you're gonna watch I, it. I need to see this. I need to confirm. Oh my god! Because it, if if it's if we're right, then it makes absolutely it no makes sense. no sense yeah. at all. And that is the opening scene that sets you up for the rest of the film. But yeah, I suppose that's <laughs> the opening kill. Anyway, until I pull it up, let's carry on. Okay, so that night, another Santa is killed, having his face shoved. Onto the grill on which he was roasting chestnuts. Great kill. <laughs> on an open and fire. That's one consistent thing in this film. The kills are really inventive. Yeah, and this one's really quite gruesome. Yeah. Because you kind of see his face um, burnt. Yes. But then he gets shoved back on and an obvious mannequin. But mm-hmm. it's like set alight. Like yeah. he's completely on fire. It's like, that's really gruesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
take it too seriously. But if he's completely burnt, mm-hmm. how do we know he was wearing a Santa suit? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe some of the charred remains. Yeah, could have. This is the first of many kills that are completely random. Yeah. So, at the end, there is a long list of Santas within the credits. Mm -hmm. And it's like chestnut roasting Santa. It's such a Santa. You know, um, carnival Santa. Yeah. So, they have no names. Mm -hmm. They have no backstory. It's random kills. It's always mainly in an alleyway. Uh With no one else around. And they're doing something completely random. Yeah. So this guy is com- randomly roasting chestnuts uh-huh. on an open fire in a completely deserted alleyway and then gets murdered. Yeah. There's no rhyme Who are the chestnuts for? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So just to confirm, going back to the opening scene. Yes. We're right and we're wrong. Oh. So the scene opens with him in a Santa suit um, on the street. Okay. But when they get in the car, magically the entire suit is gone. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Thank and he's you in a nice research. shirt. Yeah. There we go. Thank you for, for doing that for us. You're welcome. Um. So the next day <laughs> after Santa's been roasted on an open fire... A present, which reads, don't open till Christmas, is delivered to Harris. Powell receives a strange call from a man claiming to be a reporter named Giles, and a Santa is shot in the mouth. So, randomly... The guy's just walking around laughing. Yeah. (laughs) Just walking around laughing and gets shot in the mouth. Again, quite gruesome, actually. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, and I haven't seen the film itself, but it reminds me... Of that Lucio Fulci film. That we oh, Contraband. The, Contraband. Contraband. The, the artwork of that. Yeah. Like, it's kind of shot the same way. It, really effective. We're just really out of nowhere again. Completely um, out of nowhere. And you know, inventive. There's And this is why the film feels quite disjointed. Because there's a lot of camp going on. Yeah. And a, a kind of almost comedic, almost um, sex comedy at times. Mm. And then these random, really brutal kills. Yeah. Um, Before that all happened, there was a bit of dialogue that I got down. Okay. I didn't get the context of the scene. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> uh? um, where Kate says, my father's just died. I can't concentrate for God's sake. And uh, Cliff's like, well, you have to come back to the real world eventually. Like, oh my God, he died yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he tells Kate she needs to get back to reality. Um. Yeah. Um. Also, randomly, Harris's cleaning lady is a rather nosy cow who cannot wait to see the photos of the crime scenes. Um, very strange red herring, isn't it? Yeah. This random cleaning lady who's very intrigued by everything. Yeah. Um. But we only see her a couple of scenes, so. I yeah. Wish, I kind of spoiler alert. I kind of wish it was. Her, I wish it was her. the killer, but it wasn't. It'd have been very giallo if it was. <laughs> um. Giles, a guy called Giles, bumps into Kate. Yeah, so this, looks, this is the reporter. Yeah, he kind of looks like uh, someone who used to be in the detectives, the TV show. Oh, um, what's his name? Robert Powell. Yeah, I think yeah. So. Wait, like, isn't that's no Jasper? It's Carrot. not him, is it? Jasper Carrot. That's... Jasper Carrot. He looks like Jasper Carrot when he had hair. Okay. 
Am I remembering right? Or do you have a guy from the detectives? Robert Powell, I think. Yeah, one of the two. Wait, isn't that someone in this film? Robert Powell is not in this no. film. No, no. Getting my British names mixed up. Um, but yeah, so she bumps into him. And uh, he asks her if she's coping and what she has planned, but she rushes off. And uh, he turns with a sinister smile near the camera. He's almost breaking the fourth wall. It's like, oh, Miss Brioski, Merry Christmas. Okay, spoiler alert, he's the fucking killer. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not trying to hide it at all <laughs> yeah let's make something very clear now i forgot this man existed <laughs> and i was very confused and it's just this, later yeah, on. exactly we only we get this one scene of him looking really evil yeah being such an obvious red herring yeah <laughs> so it's either the cleaning lady or giles yeah. so far <laughs> um cliff is playing a flute <laughs> well, they're busking. The yeah. yeah, they're busking. Busking with a flute. Uh, a Kate just standing one. next to him, looking rather solemn. Yeah, with a hat. Yeah, she ain't change. gonna get any money with a face like that. No. I'm sorry. I'm I I completely believe in a woman's right to not smile. Yeah. The worst <laughs> when men say smile, love. No, mind your business. Yeah, but if you're busking, I expect a little something. <laughs> A little something to entertain, you know. She she doesn't like she's gonna hit someone with that hat. She looks so she angry. Does. I mean, her dad has just died. That's true. And yet, why is he taking her out busking when her dad has just died? But apparently, her dad was really rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, they have a really nice. I mean, apartment. Maybe flat. he brought that really expensive looking flute for uh, Cliff. Maybe. Uh, Cliff's friend Jerry bumps into them Ooh. and asks. He's like, "Oh, do you take requests, mate? Oh, you got any fucking got any hey Jude?" Talking from past experiences of walking around with a guitar in my hand. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you get Hey Jude? Is that the one? You, well, in Coventry it was. You walk past the pub and... Uh, all right, mate, get a tune. Oh, you got Hey Jude, have you? Wait, wait. You should have. Please, fuck off. <laughs> you could have been the next viral TikTok star. In a little pub full of old white men in Coventry. Yes. I, I don't even know how to use phones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, he's like, you take requests, mate. He's like, um, <laughs> how little money you got in that hat? You fucking need to take requests. He's like, oh my God, it's so rude. <laughs> but they um, do, and they do a performance of Cilla Black's Surprise Surprise. Sadly not. Um, he suggests that he knows Kate from TV and she storms off. Uh-huh. Cliff informs him that she was on TV because her dad was murdered at a Christmas party. And uh, his friend Jerry's like, oh Christ. Not at the fucking Christmas party. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Anywhere else, but f- not the Christmas party. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year, Gary. Cliff tricks Kate into visiting Jerry's porn studio. <laughs> yes. Um, there is an absolute fucking queen there called Sharon. Sharon. Um, yeah, so... Her outfit. Sh- oh, so Sharon is wearing a gold cape with a gold body harness and her showing her breasts yeah um but kind of almost like a superhero yeah <laughs> like a kinky superhero it's kind of like barbarella yeah yeah abs- it's giving barbarella um i'm absolutely living for it sharon yeah. is a queen she may be given an award later on in the episode maybe She's like, hi, Kate, I'm Sharon. And she, Kate's like, and I'm flaming fuming. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like dialogue straight from EastEnders. Sharon says, 
and she, you know, we love women who support women. She yeah. said, you've got a good body. Why not put it to work? <laughs> um, yeah, Cliff also suggests that she gets involved with the shoot. And uh, Jerry then brings out a Santa cloak for Sharon. Mm-hmm. And she, Kate is fucking fuming and storms off. She, yes. Again. <laughs> Cliff and Sharon who now has the Santa cloak on, go outside and prepare for outdoor photographs. And she's like, come on, lover boy, come and warm him up. And then she gets out one tip. <laughs> now, I did say I like women supporting women. She's trying to nab a boyfriend. She is. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Not going to lie. She doesn't know her dad died yesterday. <laughs> um, Cliff and... There's a, a pair of police officers in a bizarre series of events. Parent police officers spot them. And Cliff is outdoors with a woman who's got nothing on under a Santa costume. Um, there's a killer going out after people in Santa costumes. He was in the room when the detective yeah. said it. Instead, he says the exact words. Uh-oh, here they come. They'll think we're a couple of gays. <laughs> He's more concerned about the police thinking that they're gay than being murdered by a Santa Claus killer. Now, yes, that is true. But also, is it because they would be arrested yeah. if they were being gay in public? It kind of, it, it comes across that way. Like, number one, yeah, if if you're, you know, if you're doing the dirty deed in the middle of the street, <laughs> then yes, you should be arrested. Um, But if they're just a couple of gays having a, you know, a game of tonsil hockey, yeah, I don't think they'd... I don't know. I mean, it's 84. It's Badger. It's all that shit. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if they thought it was two gays. Yeah. You know, Tongan in the middle of the street, it could have been in real trouble. Well, I mean, here was me on the, when I first watched this, I thought, oh, this is just a bit of dated homophobic dialogue. Actually, it's a sign of uh, how shit it was in the it, 80s it, of being do gay. You know what it could be. It could be. It really says something. Yeah. Deep film, after all. Um, Sharon encounters the killer who runs her, his razor blade down her body, but lets her go. Yeah. Um, why? No idea. No idea. Because she's a queen. Because she's a queen. Um, and spoiler alert, she actually survives. Yeah. The whole film. Yeah. She is the, apart from Cliff, sadly, the only person who survives the film. Um, a sex worker. Uh-huh. And it's quite a positive view of a sex mm-hmm. worker as well. And I don't think it's deliberate. I don't think they're deliberately <laughs> trying to break new ground here. But to watch a slasher film where a sex worker survives the whole film, she's not Final Girl. Let's put, let's put it that way. Well, we only see her in one more scene. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... I mean, I've quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. good on you, Sharon. Uh, the detectives visit her place. They do. And she's like, oh, come on up. I can't be bothered. <laughs> she's absolutely fuming that she's missing out on work. And uh, she... <laughs> the, the policeman accused her of indecent exposure yeah. the night before. Well, you could have been done for indecent exposure. She said, indecent, as she opens her dressing gown. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> yes, queen. 
And that's it. That's it. That's the last we see that of Sharon. That is the last we see of Sharon. What a way to go out. She's a survivor. Uh, Asanta visits a peep show where we get another queen, uh, Sherry Graham. Yes. Uh, who's working there. And uh, she's like, so Santa, did you bring me any presents? And he's like, uh, I'm not the real one. I yeah. just work in a department store down the road. <laughs> she's American, isn't she? Yeah. And I think she actually, the actress actually is American. Miracle. Because she played American in Slaughter High as well. Yeah. And then was in I think it was One Life to Live or something. Some soap uh, opera. And that was it. Or Guide and Light. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Um, And that was it. Um, she, she tells us she's not a model. No. She's a dancer. And she proves it. She does a short yet cunty dance for him. It's, I was living for it. It's, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not... The t-shirt was wasn't my favourite. No. <laughs> Um, Given Debbie Harry. I can thought. you remember who she was filling in for? <laughs> I can. Santa ruins the atmosphere by talking about their mothers. Yes. And it's like, uh, does your mother know you're here? And she's like, well, she ought to know. I'm filling in. It's like, for another girl. She's like, no, for my mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's then killed. He is. Uh, witnessed by her. Witnessed by her. <laughs> we get the, the blood splatter on the window. And she screams, and the effect put on it, <laughs> and th- this the sound editing in this film is abysmal. It is the soundtrack is abysmal. It sounds awful, apart from one song. Apart from one song, but it sounds like someone's messing about. It sounds like with a, car a keyboard, alarm. yeah. But her scream and the effect they put on it sounds like he 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 he. range siren. The Heidi range, if you know, you know. Siren voice. Yeah. <laughs> Siren note, should I say. Um, Harris visits Kate and Cliff and makes it clear that Cliff is a suspect in the attacks due to being present for two of them. I mean, I'm pretty certain the one with her dad, he was on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's also very confusing. He's present for them. Well, yeah, one of them was in a room full of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people present for that one. Um, Powell finds Giles uh, digging through his office mm. and tells him that the newspaper Giles stated he worked for claimed not to know him. Mm. Giles retorts by suggesting that Harris is hiding something and that Powell should keep an eye on him. Ooh. Honestly, this guy, he is desperate for people to know he's the killer. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, a lot of this dialogue with the police is very boring. It is. A lot of the scenes with the police, very dull. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, that happens. But it's okay, we got something exciting next. Um, yes. Santa is assaulted by a group of teenage punks. Oh. I say teenage very loosely. Yeah. And they're like, oi, Santa, way pedal power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he gets on a bike and rides away. Um, Oh, that great British banter. <laughs> I love how in the 80s we were still at the point like, oh, fuck, it's punks. Oh, no. <laughs> Avoid them. Do you imagine being scared of punks? Um, Punks are different these days, though. Yeah. You don't see... They don't really look like they did back then. No. I don't know. It's difficult because the sort of groups that we identify in the past mm-hmm. probably still exists, but it's all online. Yeah. So it's like, 
you don't have gangs of teenagers hang around in the streets anymore. No. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen an actual gang of teenagers hanging around for a long time. No. If it is, it's a um, shopping centre. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. But it's usually near shops. Manchester Arndell on a Saturday, you'll see a few of them. But it, it, yeah, but that that's usually going into Sports Direct or something. Yeah. But just in the sort of classic sense of hanging around on the streets, it's 10 o'clock, where are your children? Yeah. Sort of thing. They're, they're in their room and they're on, you know, Twitter. <laughs> TikTok. They're playing Fortnite. It's completely different now. Kids, stop being boring. Dress up like punks and go and abuse people in the streets. Your little style is the <laughs> substance about yeah. Kids these days are dressed really bland as well. <laughs> people are afraid of a bit of colour. Punks in the 80s, now you get fucking man bags. Grow up, kids. Dress like punk. Get some leather on the go. <laughs> get a mohawk. When we define man bags. Those shitty ones that people wear to Ibiza. Yeah, those sh- yeah, those little ones. Yeah. We we got nothing against men with Oh hands. god no, yeah. no, of course not. Fucking hell. No, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. No, it's those fucking fanny packs, whatever they're called. <laughs> and everyone who wears them has to have a bucket hat. There isn't a fucking buy one get more free sale on. <laughs> yeah. God no, obviously. Fucking live your true self. Take your hand and get out of the bag. Um <laughs> I was just unless it was 1984. I was yeah. I was just thinking. I was like, oh, Gary. <laughs> 1984. You'd have to watch out for the police. Not everyone listening is going to be as well versed in chav culture as uh, as us. I know. Yeah. And no, it was you don't even get chavs anymore, though, do you? That was horrible. Trash ever's guide to chavs. Yes, the British. Tune culture. in next week for our guide to incels. Do you? Uh, do you know what? It, when was it? What was the episode where we? Said, oh, we spend half our time um, talking about talking American about politics. American politics. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Um, well, here we are talking about British <laughs> culture and politics and how awful they are. Use the word culture very loosely. Mm. Um, yeah, so Santa runs into London Dungeon. Yes. Where he, and as soon as he runs in, they're like, hiya, mate, time for a photograph, photo opportunity. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> If that was nowadays, it? he would uh. literally get a photo taken on his way in. <laughs> I'm sure it's closed at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I fucking hate when you go into <laughs> these attractions and like, should we take a photo? Pret- I don't ice love for a photo. Pretend you've fallen <laughs> off the tower. Like, no, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want to. But then when I say no, I don't want to, they look at me like, I've, like, I'm really sad. Like, like, oh, I don't want a photo taken. Why? Do you not think you're attractive enough? Oh, bless you. Or they look at me really angry. If we lose any listeners now, we know they work for Merlin Entertainment. (laughs) Um, Well, you say it's too late. There's actually an employee there with a fuck-ass bob. Yeah, she's locking up. Do you know what I'm confused by? I've been to the London Dungeons. Yeah. And they didn't have as many nude mannequins okay. as they did in 1984. There's one nude mannequin and it's not a mannequin. No, there's loads. I, I miss those. Yeah, no, like, like decorated. It's, it, the problem is it's quite dark and the version we watched wasn't the best no. quality. Um, Apparently it's in the public domain. So is we, it? We can say, oh, yeah, wow. but apparently. Um, so... It's hard to see because it's quite dark. 
But there are some random painted yeah. naked mannequins. Okay. I'm assuming they're going for Clockwork Orange. Uh, potentially. At the London yeah. Dungeons. They're just but, chucking shit. Yeah, around. I mean, it wouldn't be too different from what Madame Tussauds would have been like for the oh, horror really? chamber. Where it was oh. like serial killers. Oh my god. And, yeah. What, naked? Probably naked. You have to be 18 plus to go in. No way. Yeah. I'm a nerd on any space. Um, Saucy Madame Tussauds. I mean, yeah, I mean, the people being murdered, Chris. Yeah. Not fucking people getting off on them. Santa gets... I'm talking about naked. Yeah, well, why are they naked Corpses. and being killed? Because people are sick and perverted, like us. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're not sick and perverted, just to get it out there. <laughs> All right, all my own dialogue for this podcast. Santa gets garden shears to the stomach, and uh, the fuck-ass Bob... Can I just say I'm no way affiliated with this man? <laughs> we only met today. Santa gets garden shears to the stomach, and the fuck-ass Bob employee is stabbed and hung upside down in just the knickers. Yeah, again, someone who's not dressed like Santa being killed, I don't yeah. get it. Poor, poor cow. <laughs> As if the Bob wasn't bad enough. This whole scene, I'm not gonna lie, it's rather dull. To be fair, no, I, it wasn't fair. I didn't. Maybe it was... because it's so dark. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what my expectations go. were, but no. I just didn't live up to them. In an effort to catch the murderer, several officers go undercover as Santas, <laughs> and two of them are butchered at a uh, half-assed carnival. There's some strange dubbing <laughs> as they're giving gifts out to some kids. So, this, seemingly this is the same night. So, I don't know why London Dungeons is closing. Yeah. But the carnival's still in full swing. Um, One of the officers says to the kids that he's given sweets to. Now, don't be noshing this all in one <laughs> go, or your mother will be after me. After who? Santa? <laughs> really odd choice of dialogue. Because... What was it we were speaking about? Not again, Night of the Living Dead episode when we were talking about Zombie Nosh. Oh, An yeah. An American film, Zombie Nosh. Zombie they don't nosh. know the difference. Yeah, noshing. This is written by British people. You know what noshing means. But maybe in 84 it meant something different. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, they're murdered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Uh, the killer then abducts Sherry, intending for her to be the supreme sacrifice to all the evil oh. that Christmas is. Um. He says to her, you're all the same, selling a piece of yourself, but you're not selling desire, you're selling your souls. <laughs> I thought, hmm, is the film trying to say something? <laughs> or is it just playing into stereotypes of the oh, genre? It's into and I fear it's just stereotypes yeah. of the genre. Mm-hmm. I think that was just written because it sounded like what you would get in slasher films. But he sounds like an incel. And by all accounts, he's not an incel. He just hates Santa Claus. Um, oh, oh! There's yeah. a twist coming up that kind of makes sense for the women he kills. Okay. Not for Cass Bob. She wasn't doing anything. No. She didn't deserve that. But for taking up in her and then the woman at the start, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But it seemingly maybe this th- is a very well. This is <laughs> where the too many writers comes into it because it it becomes confusing because seemingly he's got an issue with um her. Yeah. Uh, with what's her name Sherry because she's a sex worker yeah but Sandra is also a sex worker 
Yeah, and, and she survived. To yeah, survive. She was literally half naked in the street. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it makes for a great cover Sharon, for the Blu-ray. Way. Sharon, yeah. what did I call Sandra. her? Sandra. Sandra. I just think the Queen deserves better. Excuse me, I, I apologize, Sharon. Meanwhile, Harris has taken off the case, and when Kate calls him, she's informed by his housekeeper that he is visiting Parklands, a mental institution. You spill the tea, housekeeper. And then, in, the, in quite possibly the best scene ever put to film. The best scene from any Christmas film ever made. This is the highlight of 80s cinema. I fear it might be the biggest slay of the 80s. It's very close. We get the dialogue. Miss Monroe and members of the band, this is your call, please. Miss Monroe. What a queen. Santa, in the meanwhile, in the meantime, is being chased into the theatre. Yes. Where Caroline Munro is performing her hit song, Warrior of Love. Now, she's in a full-on theatre. Not even, like, a music venue. A theatre. This is a performance. Like, this is a theatre show. Yeah. A one-woman and her band theatre show. Yeah. By Caroline Munro. Sign me up, wherever that exists. It's I giving mean, Royal Abbott Hall... Yeah. It's giving a Royal Command performance. An evening with Caroline Monroe on ITV. Absolutely. It's the London Palladium. It's really just top tier entertainment. It is. She is slaying with a capital S the house down boots in a glittery red outfit. Yeah. She's got glitter in her hair for fuck's sake. Yeah. Her hair is close to God. Yeah. It's so big. Uh-huh. So much volume. Yeah. Her face is on point. Yeah. Um, and all all the, the queer stuff that we <laughs> have stolen from Drag Race. All those phrases. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, talented, never been done before. Yes. Um, and most importantly, yeah. the song goes off. Unfortunately, it's not on our soundtrack playlist no. on Spotify because it's not available on Spotify. No. It's a crime. It's an absolute crime that this song was so hard to get hold of. I mean, it's Warrior of Love. She sings she is she is the warrior of love. Yeah. Yes, she, yes, she is. Yeah. She's coming to get you. Yeah. Honestly, Queen, just... I, I died from being slain. It came back to life. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let, let's be serious, though. I'm being serious. It's fucking random, though. Oh, it's <laughs> like this scene. I reckon they had an entire individual director for the <laughs> yeah, scene. I think so. Like, this makes no sense. This is, so I don't know. Random. She shouldn't be there. It no. doesn't make sense. But I'm glad she is. I think Caroline Monroe was having a fry up. <laughs> and the director was like, hey, Caroline, do you remember that film we may or may not have done together? I haven't done my research. <laughs> You know, or do you remember when we met at that party one time? Fancy being in a film? Oh, you've got a single to flog. Go on then, you can <laughs> sing it. As far as I know, it wasn't released as a single. And she wasn't known as a singer at that point. No. She... I mean, she also did those songs with Gary Newman. Yeah, like real short music career. Yeah. And again, also bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really, the best thing Gary Newman's ever done. We really missed out on Caroline Monroe, the... Singer. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Music career waiting to happen. Absolutely. Not too late. Not too late. It's not too late. You know, I would love to see her being the warrior of love yet again. Um, so if you listen to this, get in touch. I am a guitarist for hire. Uh, we can get something <laughs> sorted. 
I will learn other instruments to be in this band. The Caroline Monroe, Monroe. Band. <laughs> Caroline Monroe Band. Um, yeah. Honestly, when I think of Christmas, I think of Caroline Monroe singing Where Is Love. Um, I can. You got all your people out there who are like, oh, when Alan Rickman falls off the building in Die Hard, it's Christmas. No, no, no. When Caroline Monroe taps her foot, shakes her ass a bit, and then spins around to sing Warrior of Love, that's Christmas. That's Christmas. Um, I can guarantee you this, um, my scoring for this film would have been lower <laughs> if it wasn't for this scene. I, yeah, I think this earned it a whole one and a half extra. It's just me. so... And the Love Heart Mad Box. It's completely out of nowhere. It's... High camp. Yeah. It's so ridiculous, but it really just pure entertainment. Going side to side at the stage, like Tina Turner. Yeah. You know, she's just given everything. She's she puts so much into tree, it. Yeah. It's sexy. The makeup is on point. Absolutely. And even better, the Santa's killed. Oh, yeah, there's the Santa in And the he's as well. brought up to the stage by a trapdoor. <laughs> As if he's stabbed in the face with a machete. It's still there. And Caroline Monroe screams yeah. as we cut away and we don't see her again for the rest of the film. It's the respect that the filmmakers have for Caroline Monroe. She's not Caroline Monroe as some random pop star with no. a fake name. It's Caroline Monroe as Caroline Monroe. That's Miss Monroe. Miss Monroe. If you're nasty. Yeah. Unbelievable. Amazing. Absolute perfection. <laughs> Um, if you're going to watch one scene from this film, <laughs> I know. it's that one. It's kind of true. Um, but yeah, the Santa's and maybe also... maybe a kill count for some yeah. yeah, Santa's also killed as well. Santa's, Santa's, um, uh... But yeah, Kate tells Powell of her suspicions about Harris, who has no birth certificate. <gasps> I mean, why is that a fucking shock? Who, who knows where their birth certificate is? Oh, I know where mine is. Um, but he dismisses her it theories. It is a bit random, the idea of a birth certificate. Like, people would get, like, ID and stuff just from a birth certificate. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, you could have just stolen someone's birth certificate. <laughs> uh, she goes and to they visit... probably did, actually. They probably did. I, I watched enough Identity random fraud. mystery yeah. YouTube videos to know that. Um, yeah. So she... Um, Powell dismisses her theories. Mm-hmm. And she goes to visit Parklands alone. Well, the killer... And because it's a British film, we can say this, cuts off a Santa's willy. Oh! In a department store restroom. Um, yeah, that sounds more interesting than it actually appears You don't on actually screen. see it. You see so, the blood coming out. Yeah, so this isn't Night of the Demon. No. Um, he's just, he's having a whiz at the urinal. And it, get, whoop, it gets cut off. Yeah. But we don't see it in the urinal. No. It's just... Splatters of blood. Yeah, not enough budget in the urinal. Not right. enough budget for it. It's it's silly, mm-hmm. and it's an it's you know, in keeping with the kind of sleaziness of the film and uh-huh. that kind of humor. Um, but I kind of wish we would have seen it maybe go flying or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The best <laughs> part I, of the I scene. I want to see a, a dick cut off. I yeah. want to see a dick cut off. Yeah, I mean we all know how it's okay. <laughs> We, know, we all know your history of uh, films with willies. We've mentioned it on the podcast before, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure when I unintentionally went through a string of films on with uh, lots of willies. <laughs> I mean, 
artistic, you know, they were very yeah. highly rated. Well, you know. That slasher film um, from from around this time. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't quite what say was that it? was... Body uh, count. Body count. Body count. <laughs> okay, that was a little random. Uh, and Floor High, I believe, actually, as well. Yeah. 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 I um, didn't put that one. You did. It was great. You introduced me to Slaughter High. Okay. an achievement. Future podcast film, Slaughter High, at some point. It could be, actually. I don't think that would be a bad show, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, he's found by cleaning. The best part of the scene, she walks and she's like, oh, fuck's sake, there's fucking piss everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, red piss. Um, but yeah, and then she's horrified once she finds him. Um, we waste some time with Kate having dinner with Harris at a restaurant. We do. Because we need to kind of make the film some good at least dialogue, close though. to an hour and a half. When she asks him his name, and he's like, Ian, yes, I'm sorry, it's not very interesting and not very romantic, but I'm not Scottish. <laughs> so what? Oh, yeah, no, because he gives his surname as, as Har- yeah. Ian Harris, which would be a Scottish name. Uh-huh. But he changed his name. Yeah. So it was Ian Harrison, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what she finds out. Mm-hmm. So he's not Scottish because he's not Scottish. Yeah. But he has a Scottish surname. Yeah. Um. Because he changed it. Oh, very clever. Cliff. Um, Ooh, what a is... revelation. <laughs> Cliff is ahead of his time. He's just like Jess Glynn at Sexy Fish. Uh, he goes to the restaurant. Um, apparently dressed like dog's dinner. And uh, he's looking for Kate. Mm. And the doorman's like, very good, sir, but you're not dressed enough. Mm. <laughs> and then he posted about it on Twitter. He did. And uh, and then he got cancelled. He got cancelled. Cosplaying as uh, working class. <laughs> Kate is confronted in her home by Giles, who she had learned was just released from Parklands and is the younger brother of Harris. Oh. Who changed his surname after Giles was committed. Oh, wow. I must be psychic. Now, something I really didn't see coming here. Kate, our final girl. Yeah. You know, yeah. you think she's our final girl. Uh-huh. She's actually our PJ Souls. Ooh. She telephones uh, Powell. Well, Powell calls her. She tries to answer, but Giles strangles her and stabs her while she's on the phone. Yeah. So Kate does all this work, does all the groundwork. Yeah. And she's not even our final girl. Yeah. What a twist. Yeah. And, um... It's little ideas like that. They're actually really good ideas. Yes. But, it, you know, it's, a, it's within a very messy film. Yeah. So, um, let's just make something clear. The screams that we hear down the phone are, don't match the actress's mouth at no. all. No. Her mouth is not even open and she's screaming. Powell hears Kate's death over the phone, rushes to Kate's apartment and pursues Giles into a junkyard where Giles electrocutes him. Mm-hmm. Powell on the phone, after he hears Kate screaming, says, we better go, I think she's in trouble. <laughs> no fucking shit, Sherlock. Um, The electrocution. <laughs> he, he, elect- he puts like a voltage through the car, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And Giles goes to open the car and there's like fireworks and like uh-huh. sparks and everything. I quite enjoyed it. It reminded me again, and it has the same producer of Slaughter High. Yeah. And you know when they're having sex in uh-huh. the bed and all the sparks happen. Yeah. It reminds me of that. 
Um, but just going back to Kate's death, it is it's it's intriguing because then we're also got the death of the police officer as mm-hmm. well, which is interesting. But I sit here wondering who to care about now. Yeah, because we don't like Cliff. No. Yeah. Uh, Sharon's long gone. Barely know Sharon, and then the American girl who I can't remember, Sherry. She's kind of been a non-entity. True. But she did do a little country dance. She did. She did. So there is that. Uh, I mean, I was caring about Caroline Monroe personally. <laughs> the Caroline Monroe should have been the final girl. Yeah. Um, Giles returns to his hideout, which he chases Sherry through when she escapes the chains. She gives her best Jamie Lee. She's like, the key? Where's the key? The key. I said, what I don't understand. She's American, Gary. Remember okay, that. But everyone in my mind had a British accent in this film. <laughs> Do you make West voice? Oh, the king. The king. Oh, the king. Um, why would he be like, oh, sorry, love. Yeah, here's the key. <laughs> I just had you locked up. You're just trying to get, like, knock me out. I'm planning on killing you very soon. Here's the key. See you later. <laughs> well... She does it. She gets out and she knocks Giles over a railing. And when she goes to inspect the body, Giles springs back to life and begins throttling her. But we don't know what happens to her. We don't. Because then we're given a flashback. And because it's 1984, uh, because this is a popular trend. Such a popular trend. Particularly with Christmas. Yeah. Uh, It's revealed that decades earlier... Giles got a knife for Christmas um, before... A Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Before walking in on his father, who was dressed as Santa for a Christmas party, cheating on his mother with another woman. (gasps) Full EastEnders. Full EastEnders. He's not discreet at all. No. His father is not discreet. Not (laughs) even close to discreet. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the mother walks in straight away after, and they're caught. Yeah. And after that, she is, after they have a bit of an argument, Mrs. Harrison is uh, knocked down a flight of stairs in a very camp and half ass way. Like, I don't know how she's knocked <laughs> down the stairs. Like, no one moves, and then we cut to um, this stunt double... <laughs> I don't even think it's actually a might not. Maybe they just no, avoid a stunt performer. I yeah. think that's why it's so half-assed because I think it's the actual actress. Oh, probably. Like you can see, she's trying her best not to actually fall down stairs. Who got an extra thirty quid for doing her own yeah. stunts? Harris wakes up from a nightmare, goes into his living room, and unwraps the gift he had gotten earlier, which has a previously unseen card that reads "Christmas present from your loving brother." And. In a bizarre series of events, the present is a music box which explodes after playing its song and kills Harris, and that's not open to Christmas. And that's not open, open to Christmas. What a great ending. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Because, I mean, yeah, no, it's a mess. <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> there's no way to describe it. Um, Why are people randomly killed? Why is... <laughs> Why are our two survivors, and we don't have any sort of survivors ending. No. I think they're characters that were just forgotten about. Yeah. But why are our survivors Cliff and Sharon? 
The Sherry. Well, potentially Sherry. Potentially Sherry, but again, it was like, okay. Caroline Monroe. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that they didn't... Well, no, I'm not glad. I'm Oh, intrigued. Jerry, the porn director, survived as well. It. I'm intrigued at the idea of not having a final girl. Yeah. But also... Not having anyone. How Not having anyone is a bit like, what was the point then? Yeah. But it's fun. Were they looking for a sequel? Probably. Yeah. It's fun. And that flashback at the end kind of explains why he uh, killed the woman having sex at the start. Why he killed... Kind of. Um, the... Well, who did... No, why he kidnapped um, yeah. Sherry. But yeah. then it also doesn't explain why he didn't kill Sharon. Yeah. Um, it's just... Ultimately, it's it is a fun film. It's yeah. it's funny to see it from a British perspective, uh, a British perspective, yeah. and it's a lot. It's a hell of a load of slasher film stereotypes. Yeah, but it's kind of sleazy, uh-huh. campy. Yeah, um, got quite a few chuckles out of me. It's not a good film. No, it's not. It's not a good film. Well, we're gonna give some awards anyway. Get to those. Biggest queen? Obviously, it's Sharon, the model. Yeah, Sharon, the sex positive icon. Yeah, love her. Biggest gasp? I put Kate's death. Because, I mean, I did not see that comment at all. That's true. I put Caroline Monroe's (laughs) performance. I mean, it was a gasp. It is in a trailer, though. Uh, But did we watch the trailer beforehand? Probably not. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I still gasp. But anyway, yeah, so it's valid. A gay gasp. Um, but I agree with Kate. Maybe I should have given it to Kate. Though. No, no, that's a good award. Um, best dialogue. I have. I'm the warrior of love. Yes, I am. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> it counts. It counts. <laughs> all right. Indecent. I'm a professional. <laughs> and that's camp. It's got to go to Caroline Monroe's oh. cunty musical number. The Warrior of Love performance is is camp. Camp is Christmas. Yeah. Ratings, I give it five gay old queens out of ten. Fuck you. Did you give it five? I give it five gay old queens out of ten. Let's try that again. I give it five Warriors of Love out of ten. (laughs) I give it five gay old queens out of ten. Masterpiece, trash piece, trash basic, or a camp old bunch of fun. It's a trash piece. I yes, it's teetering between trash and trash to yeah. piece. It's got the elements. Um, I think if you cut out some of the boring bits, mm-hmm. it'd be like yeah. If you're in the UK, it's available on video on demand, and of course YouTube. Apparently, it's probably the main. And uh, if you're elsewhere, you've probably got a decent Blu-ray release of it, which doesn't uh, make any sense. But the okay. Blu-ray release from Vinegar Syndrome yeah. looks fantastic. And her, that probably has the documentary. It well, has the documentary, really yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out New Year's Evil. Oh, um, if same you enjoy... sort of vein, I feel. Um, like with the method of the the idea of this is Santa Claus is being killed and New Year's Eve with each New Year's Evil with each country that turns midnight, someone gets killed. Like, do you see what I mean? A similar sort of. Okay. Sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this, we've mentioned it so many times. I reckon you'd enjoy Slaughter High. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow on everything else. Uh, we are Horrorcult Trash Ever on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Horrorcult Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd. Gazmo205 on Instagram. And GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker 823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And we are Gas Horror Festival across all social media as well. Only six months to go until Ooh, Gas Year 2. Fucking hell, it's gone quick. Yeah. Halfway there. Yeah. And. Uh, Next week is a very special week for us. Why? Because on Tuesday, we will be releasing our 300th episode. 300 times we've sat and talked shit about films. That's true. And how are we celebrating 300 episodes, Gary? The same way we celebrated 200. We are going back to John Waters, and this time we're discussing female trouble. Oh. Which partially fits in with our Christmas theme as well. Absolutely. Yes. Iconic Christmas scene yeah. from that film. Um, my personal favourite John Waters film. Uh-huh. I am so excited yeah. to tell you the hundreds of ways I love that film. Yeah. And we'll be back on Christmas Eve. Ooh. Yes, a Sunday episode. Very festive. Uh, where we will be discussing... Our Christmas bonus film for this year. Best Christmas ever. Yeah. Yeah. I have no words. Um, I say watch it. Strange little film. Yeah. Heather Graham, Brandy, two absolute icons. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it. If you've got Netflix, watch it. Prepare yourself. We'll be discussing it at great yeah. length. It's true. Okay, so we'll be back at the same time, it. same place on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.